everyone has been in position to answer very controversial questions. Questions regarding sports. Questions like, who is the best football player? Who is the best basketballer? Who is the best tennis player? And lots more. Hello everyone. I am Grimaldi Banks, reaching out to you from Sport Zone. We will talk about different varieties of sports, latest talking points, controversies and lots more. I'll be your host for the show and I'll be having different guests to air their thoughts as regarding different sporting topics. Catch us on Sport Zone, where the discussions cannot be overlooked. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Sport Zone. Welcome to another episode of the Sport Zone podcast. Uh, this is a podcast where we talk about sporting activities for the week and bring you up to date as we give you a review on our views concerning these topics. And with me today, as always, uh, I have a uh, very distinguished members with me. I have two of my guests here. I have um, Mr. Akin. Uh, if you were, if you've listened to the first episode, then you would be, you'd be very uh, conversant with that name, Akin. And uh, we have a new uh, appearance today. That's uh, Gideon, aka Lasgon, joining us on the podcast uh, this evening. So, uh, guys, can you say hello to the to the fans? I can say hello to your fans. Hello, everyone. It's, hello, it's everyone. nice to be here again. Make sure the fans are to have you. Sorry, Lasgon. Now, come on, hello the fans. Talk to them. Hello, everyone. Your man Lasgon on the line here. No. Uh, it's good to be here, and I'm thrilled, you know, but, and thank you for having me. And I'm very, I'm very sure they, they, they appreciate you coming here. So, guys, uh, how is he, how is it going? How is it going? What, what, what do you guys have to say concerning the whole weekend, generally, the whole football weekend? Akin, what do you have to say? Um... Personally, I had a great weekend <laughs> watching football as usual, but it was kind of annoying too because I just there were too many inconsistencies, referee wise, and it was so pissing off. So that was the only thing. But generally, I had, I had a wonderful week. I I supported some particular things and they won, and it was so nice. So yeah, sounds, it was a nice that, that, that sounds actually very nice and. I'm happy to hear that. Uh, say that I also spent the whole weekend watching football. Like I didn't, I hardly stepped out of my out of my room for the whole weekend. It was football after football after football with food in between. Uh, last one. How about you? How was the weekend for you? My weekend was fantabulous. I was I was almost pleased with my so much is ball. The data came true. It came true for me. So I was I was I'm really happy about the weekend. Okay, okay. So uh, the weekend was actually filled with controversies as usual. Football, what's football without controversy? What's football without a little argument? I think that's actually even one of the things that the football Mm -hmm. world as a whole feeds off on. Uh, The pundits, the the views and all of that. Yeah. uh, First of all, uh, let me, let me, let me first mention something I've observed recently in the, in the English Premier League. Uh, uh, Lingard now in Southampton has gotten, I mean, in uh, Aston Villa, uh, West Ham rather, has gotten uh, three goals so far. Am I correct? West Ham, yeah, West Ham. Uh, yeah. Two, two, two from West Ham. Two goals. Two for West Ham, right? Okay, yeah. 
Minamino was so for West Ham. Go, right? Yes. Willock also the same. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Willock also. Yeah. So, yes, now let me did. let me let me first let me kick off with this question now. Do you guys actually think that I, I actually came to realize something? I don't know if it's just the thesis or if it could be right. Is it that those players? There are some certain players that actually tend to play better in teams that have a smaller reputation based on the fact that nobody expects too much from them. Is that what is happening in this case, or would you just say it was just chance? Akin, what do you have to say about that? About that? Um. Yeah, I can't discard the fact that some players cannot perform when there's too much expectation on them. That is, is, is that factor. We can't erase that from football. Not everybody can function when there's pressure on them. Because, yeah, when you move from a different part, a different team to a team where you're expected to do a whole lot more because of the credibility of the, of the team, that adds enough pressure. So most times, some people can perform under that. But in this case, about Minamino, Lingard, and Willock, Lingard particularly, um, I don't think that's what is with Lingard. Lingard has at least done his best parts for Manchester United. I remember under Louis van Gaal, he was, he was the hero for us when we won FA Cup final with the red card and all everything that was going on that day. So, so Lingard particularly, I won't say that. Minamino is a very good player, but I don't know why he hasn't broken into the Liverpool squad. Definitely, obviously, they have enough um, um, quality on the front. But then, I, I don't know why. If the Gojota could break into the squad earlier, I don't know why they've not, seen a, they've not found a way to fix him in Amino. So, I don't think it's going to be about the pressure. I just, I just realized that most teams now, they tend to buy players that are good, but don't look at the system first. When you want to buy players, you look at the system you play and buy players that are good for your system. If you buy a player that is not as good as that for your system, I don't think it would be so nice to put them in. So, yeah. And Joe Willock, yeah, young lad, can't break into this Arsenal squad presently. So, yeah, he has to go on loan. So, in these three cases that I just mentioned, I don't think it is the pressure. I just think it is just what they need right now to like just get away and get game times for themselves. That's, so that's just that's very, very insightful. Uh, that man, Minamino, I was actually surprised to see him get a move away from Liverpool because uh, that, that, that player seems like yeah, he seems exactly. to have prospects for probably what you said. There's actually nobody really would bench in that team. So uh, this actually pushes me to the next question that I'll be directing towards uh, last one now. Uh, so last yeah. one, what do you see? These, these players we've mentioned today, do you think they would actually play well enough? Or should I say, which one of them do you think would play well enough to be integrated back into their, into their teams, their original teams? Or do you think after this season, they would actually just seek a move away from where they are originally uh, meant to play and just go and play elsewhere for playing time? What do you think? Well, for the three... Remind me pick Minamino for, for first you know. Minamino is a player I feel should have broken into the Liverpool team already at this point with his quality. But I don't know, maybe it's the current situation Liverpool is in or but he, considering the current situation Liverpool, he should be a uh, player that should help change things there because of his quality. But looking at the way it is, I'm not sure whether he will be able to get back into the team. So 
But considering the fact that it was transferring for that kind of uh, um, money, I don't think it will be left out. We'll probably still be in the Liverpool team and we'll try and fix him in one place or the other. Now for Lingard, Lingard has been a pivotal player for Manchester United. So I don't see him leaving anytime soon for Manchester United. It might go, it depends on the situation at Manchester that you might say he will leave or not. It depends because if things don't look good for him, that I will see playing time there, I feel he's going to push for a uh, transfer out of the team. And as far as Willock is concerned, I see him still playing at Arsenal because currently at Arsenal, I don't think he'll be able to break into his team, just like I can say it. Uh, that's so. I just feel currently he should be able to. He has he has the potential to um, enter into the Arsenal team and make and do great greatly. That's that's all for now. Okay. Uh, so that's just one of the beauty of football: the inability to predict what happens next. I mean, sometimes you just look at some moves and you wonder how, like. We didn't anticipate this. We didn't expect this to happen. So I, I believe we're coming soon. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be very, very funny for me. Yes. Yeah, I think. I think personally, I think. Um, I think Jesse Lingard will move on, because if you look at the United squad now, it doesn't look like it's going to be a second option or yeah. a third, which is not actually. Exactly my point. I think he's going to move on. Well, yeah. that's true. It's true. I mean, I mean, so if he has if he has used almost a season and he can still like sneak in eleven start and get a game time, I don't think he's going to stay young guy to his whole career because once he has he's going to move. Um Willock, I think Willock is just a matter of time. Arsenal likes to like bring in the young lads and play with them. I think he just needs to get his quality right. And know what what is good for his game. So I think with the playing time he'll get at Newcastle, I think it's going to be very good for Arsenal by the time he's done. If Arsenal don't go out to spend on Buendia and and this, and likes of players like that, I think he will be able to play if they don't get more players. So well, yeah. Well, well, uh, if you ask me personally concerning the Willock case, I would say Willock should hope, or should I say, pray hard that. Odegaard doesn't ball well enough and that he gets a very good season because um, I actually saw I saw uh, Odegaard play for a while there against um, Aston Villa and I could actually see quality in his game his touches and all of that he just needs a little bit more time to fit into that team and he's actually set for it and I could actually see Willock leaving actually but um so uh guys let me let me let me just let me just move on to matters that are pressing me right now like this particular matter is is actually pissing me off as a fan of football and as a lover of football uh generally speaking and it is the case of the inconsistency with referees and vars in the english premier league like what is happening these days do these guys not do they not get trained do they not get coached for this job because for two weeks now or even more. It has been happening over time, but recently it just actually escalated and I'm like, what is happening exactly? What is all this? And that's the case of the referees officiating in a very poor manner and the VAR actually they're supposed to be the one to actually put things in order 
is actually even making more mistakes Whoa. too. And let's talk about the case of Suchek this this weekend, the West Ham game. I mean, that game was practically over already, and it was very clear that the players' uh, actions were unintentional at that point. But the ref, the ref that is Mike Dean, actually still went ahead and gave him a red card. He went to appeal it now, and uh, the FA actually overturned the red card. So that is that's actually very 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 poor on the part of referees in England, especially someone like Mike Dean that we look up to as uh, an established ref in the league. So, uh, guys, I don't know. Is anybody else feeling how I'm feeling about this? Akin, what are you feeling about this ecosystem? I'm I'm feeling so irritated actually, and it's it's quite annoying. But I think this is where we are going to. I think this is the way we are going now. I think more teams will actually have more confidence confidence in themselves to go to the FA to appeal against calls that VAR makes. But the, the the negative part is that you can't appeal against the penalty that was given or a, part, a particular like a penalty. You can't appeal against it because definitely that affected the game and they can't take the points back. So that's just like... So I think they need to amend something. I think FA needs to work a whole lot on it because watching the West Ham... I, I, was, watching, I was watching the West Ham Fulham game and even Mitrovic, that was the player that got elbowed, was telling the ref that it was not a red card, that he didn't even need to watch it. Then, then the VR had a lengthy conversation with my dean, and he still insisted to go and watch the video. Okay, that was not the problem. Then he went to watch the video for over like five minutes, or almost like three minutes, watching a particular video that was just clearly obvious that Suchek didn't even look at Mitrovic for once. He was looking at the ball all through and he still came back to give the red card like everybody was amused even Fulham players were like what is going on so i feel like the referee i i think i don't know why but i feel like the rules are different in different leagues because when i'm watching a la liga match and i'm watching a Serie A match i'm i i've seen different ways they operate with their var and the referees and I just think I maybe depending on the league, they change, they they amend some particular rules. But I don't know. In England, it has been so inconsistent, and it just feels like it just feels like they should just like pull apart. I don't know if they need to get the orientations right or take all the referees to camps with the VAR again, because it is these same refs that make wrong decisions on the pitch that are the VARs on, in some particular games. So I don't know. I don't. I think they'll just keep always backing themselves up when they make wrong decisions. Like when I call a penalty and I don't want to make my friend look stupid, so I also go with the penalty. Like that's how it just works for me. So it is so annoying. It is very annoying. We saw two red cards in national game. We saw two red cards um, against Manchester United. Like different situations. I don't know what's going on, but. They, they just need to do a whole lot more than they are doing right now because they are ruining the game of football as we all know it. It's, it's not just good enough. They obviously they obviously need to. They, they actually need to because uh one of the one of the downsides of this matter is that initially when the VAR was introduced into football, a lot of people complained about it that uh this is actually taking away the fun from uh, the game. Not, not able to convince the fans. Yeah, they were able to convince the fans that, that it's for the advancement of the sport and all of that. But what we've been seeing lately is actually even making it look worse. And 
the fans are actually fans are human beings and human beings are emotional i actually even saw a post this <coughs> evening now about fans sending their death threats to dean and dean asking to not officiate this weekend out of fear for his life and things like that and things like this can actually be avoided if only the fe would do what they need to do and just make sure that these rules are consistent put things in place to actually check referees and find them if they are found defaulting or uh last one what do you think about this matter what do you what do you think about this matter? i'm not i'm not sure there's anything that will see changing in this because right from the onset the integration of this line to EP, epl in particular has been has been a has been a tough uh, situation every time you keep seeing these decisions every time you keep seeing them that they are they are just they are so so inconsistent one of them is this um liverpool this liverpool game against uh everton this may the message i debut that they played that was a true true i was watching this game and I, then just that point in time the um money upside out uh is goal the goal was overturned i was wondering which how this became the, the board there became an offside how this gameplay there became an offside because i was shocked like with the rules and everything that you are pulling on the on the pitch it shouldn't be an offside i keep i was just wondering how they came up with that but i don't know it seems like people are just i don't know because compared to la liga and um syria you see the changes the changes are just just clear it's just it's just it's just baffling if you look at it right from the other i don't know i don't know what can be done maybe the orient- i don't know if it's the orientation i just feel they don't they don't want to integrate to work with it that's what i feel i don't feel they don't want to integrate like it. well uh at this point since we are unable to do anything to change or influence the matter we just quietly hope that the FA would actually find this to be a problem that it is and do something about it because come on it's, it's getting too much this is not the English Premier League you grew up loving it's killing, it's killing the whole form everything too much honestly and uh, <laughs> now that you mentioned fun and too much <laughs> it's actually tilting me towards uh, one of the funniest events of the weekend for me because I wasn't expecting that score line and that's the uh, Liverpool versus Manchester wow. City game. <laughs> I mean, Anfield. I'm, I mean... Wow, it was so nice. One of, one, of the, one of the games of my for the weekend for me. Honestly speaking, I, I'm, telling, I'm telling you that. I mean, uh, aside the Manchester United and Everton game, I needed 2-2, which was an absolute thriller. Because we saw, we saw uh, Mondogan lose the penalty. And we thought, oh, what's going on? Then we found a penalty for Salah. It was the equalizer. We thought, okay, now, come on, let's see what we have for and uh, the particular person that I pick out from that game is still Foden. What a wonderful talent that boy is. I mean, very, very, very good footballer. I'm, I'm, I'm very amazed and I would actually like to give him kudos. Uh, so, uh, Aki, what, what, what do you think about that game? What did you expect and what did you find? Um... I think that game, I expected Man City winning. Actually, I saw the win coming. I think after the after the after Burnley beating Liverpool at Anfield, 
I think he became the Anfield cost instead of the Anfield magic. So I saw Brighton play I, when I watched Brighton Liverpool. Brighton played so well than Liverpool, and immediately the match was over. And I saw Liverpool was um, Man City were the next game. I told everybody that Man City was going to win because City has been City at the start of this season. City were inconsistent. Then they were finding a rhythm for their defense. And I think now they've actually gotten the rhythm eventually. Because I think in their past 10 games now, they've kept eight clean sheets. And they've been scoring too. I think at the point, we're all frustrated because they're just scoring 1-0-2-0 and taking life out of the game. And like, what's going on with City? What's going on? But now they've had 14 games. They've had a run of 14 games at in a row. Like, they've been winning 14 games in a row. So... Coming up to that game, yeah, everybody was like, they've not won at Anfield. I think they've only won once in Anfield. So it, it has always been tough for City, but with the way they've been playing, I just, I just had the feeling that they were going to win. Yeah, definitely, you, you can't write off Liverpool anytime, any day. They have Salah, Mane, Firmino, fantastic three. They have a nice squad, but I don't want, I don't want it coming back to the Van Dijk issue and stuff, but. They were not just going to outplay Man City yesterday. And definitely, they are not doing enough to score. If not on the penalty, they have not gotten a goal. So, they are not doing enough to score. And it says a whole lot about Liverpool at this point. But, well, no no, no disrespect to City or Liverpool. But City were so very good. Like, they played comfortably as they, as they always did. So, we saw the prime City yesterday and the title-winning City. So, it shows that they are back in the game. And... Everybody should be scared of playing City at this point. Everybody should be scared. Because, men, they don't want you to score and they look like scoring 5-6 if you allow them. The Gundogan is coming into play. Like, De Bruyne is not even around. Aguero has not played more than three matches this season or four. And look at how they are playing. So, everybody should be scared of City at this point. Everybody should be scared. So, yes, I was not disappointed. It was one of the games that made my weekend because I was so happy. Like, very happy. So, yeah. Definitely. Wow, wow, wow. I can't have told you guys. You guys should be afraid. You should be scared of the men in blue. You should be scared of City. Manchester City. Uh, yeah. At this, at this, at this the blue side of Manchester. It's, it's looking like uh, Man City is about oh, to run away from uh, Already? Yeah, they are. They are, they are really actually. <laughs> okay, so uh, last one is going to tell us now. Uh, let's 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 do this one for the. I like to always invite <laughs> to the into the podcast because I feel it's very yeah, important too in the career and lives of young men that love football. So, uh, personally speaking, uh, basically speaking, I mean, I would like to ask you the double game week coming up for City now. Uh, who are the players you believe people should put into their teams now? Uh, who do you think deserves a captain badge in people's teams out of the Man City team? Personally. Personally, for me, I wouldn't advise anyone to double up on City defenders because the games they have for this double game week are tight and tough games. But if you, I would advise you to double up on the attackers, in particular, Foden, Gondogan, and Sterling. Sterling, just a little bit because I feel he's, he's still just getting back into his game. He has not fully gotten back into game. But Foden and Gondogan, just if you can. Like people call them for your FPL, just do it. I mean, for this coming game, we just do that if you can do that. Because personally, for me, I'm I'm getting both of them in my team. I mean, 
for this double game week. They need to be in my team for this double game week. So for any other person, any other consideration you might be looking at, you might be looking to um power playing for this coming coming game week also. It's also a good choice, but in particular, Gondogan and Foden. Just get them in your team if you can. At least one of them. If I don't want me to. Okay, okay. Gondogan and Foden. Those are the those are the joker cards for the FPL managers. Those are the cards that pay. I was actually initially pissed at at Gondogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During the weekend, but he repeat me back with two goals, and I was wondering why did I not captain this guy, even after I insulted him. So I think uh, it's actually true because uh, looking at the trend so far, Gondogan has actually been paying back a well uh, a lot. I think he has actually given less than six points in a week, only twice this season. I think only yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah. That makes like it since KDB going off. Yeah, yeah. So uh, our folding two is on a roll. So those will be those will be actually uh, very good additions to your team. So uh, let's move away from England really quickly. And let's talk about another game that caught my eye this weekend, and it was it was actually interesting because I watched the whole of it, and I, and once again, my Barcelona. Yeah, this every time. Just like I predicted, Messi came on and this man single-handedly turned the whole team around. Like, what is happening? What is this man? Does he age? Is he aging at all? So, uh, you guys, what, what do you feel now? This at this at this space now, it's looking like Barcelona is playing the game of uh, score first, then I'll do a comeback. And uh, funny thing about it is that they're actually second on the table now, and they're catching up, even if it's the gap is still even if the gap is still far because uh, uh, Atletico have they have a game in hand, but uh, Barcelona is actually giving them a good kick. They are giving them a, a good chase. Uh, so, what do you guys? What do you guys think? Do you guys think uh, Barcelona will actually be able to catch up with Madrid, or do you think it's just uh, they're just trying to uh, get whatever is left out of the season for themselves? Akin, what do you think? Honestly, it, it is where they should be. Yeah, I'll use that word. It is where they should be. So, definitely, you can't write you can't write off Barcelona. Even if they lose their next game to Elche, you still want to look over your shoulders when you see Barcelona coming. So, yeah, this I don't, I'm not just comfortable with their yeah. recent trend of conceding first and having it all to do. Because against some particular teams, you might you, you won't always get that luck. So when you always go down, I think it's something they need to attend to quickly so that they don't concede some unnecessary goals because. When you concede goals, you, you tend to do more in the game. You have to come over the deficits, and you don't. You never know what goal difference could do. So it's not yeah. comfortable, and it's not every day Messi would turn up that way. Messi to showed us why he's, he's definitely in the in the world best position. So yeah, they should. It's just something they need to attend to urgently. Apart from that, yeah, they are definitely Barcelona. You can't write them off. So no matter what the gap is, there's still a whole lot to go. So you'll just always see them there, in and around, anytime. Till the end, you know you can't you can't just rest. Just like last season. So let's see. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how yeah. it ends up. Let's see where how it all unfolds. Uh, as we as we anticipate what comes for Barcelona this season. Now, uh, last one, you take us through this. Uh, I've actually heard many people say at the beginning of this season that uh, due to his poor start for the season, uh, this is probably the best season ever. Uh, 
Eddie has actually infiltrated them off again. Once again, to tell them that you do not decide for me if I am old or tired or weak. I will do what I will do and I will get my gold. So, what do you think? Do you think Messi is actually going to have his worst season this season? Or do you think he will actually pull another big feat again and set another record or something? I mean, what do you think? come on, he's actually already speaking for him. It's obvious already he's going to change the game or uh, change the uh, decisions that people are already making about him. These are people that you can't, you can't make their, you can't decide already that by the end of the season they will fuck, they will fuck it up or something. Take for instance uh, his fellow rival Ronaldo. I mean, was it last year or two years ago? We we're like Ronaldo was going to finish this year, this season badly. It was maybe on five goals in say fifteen or ten matches or so. There, at the end of the day, he had about thirty goals or so. These are people that you just don't even think about writing them up as long as they are still in the game. They don't have any injury. Just know they will always pull something off. I mean. It's not, it's not easy to be called the world best now. I mean, just think about that now. World best. I mean, six six balloon deals. It's not easy, man. It's not easy. Okay, so uh, the tricky magician Messi, according to Lasgond, you do not write such players off because uh, they would always come yeah. in and show you why they are ranked one or two in the world generally because it's not actually easy i mean this guy has been doing it for years now about 11 years plus now it's not, it's not like stopping anything he's slowing down he's not giving up and even if he exactly and even if even if he's uh is having issues with the club and he's having emotional issues that we all know about this man is putting it aside to face the game which is actually very 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 wonderful and amazing to see and uh, Lasgond also mentioned uh, another king of the game, the who is statistically the greatest footballer ever right now, and that's Cristiano Ronaldo. The big man turned 36. Uh, yeah, I was on the fifth, I, I think. Yes, and uh, this man is not slowing down at the age of 36. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to. Okay, let me don't let me say I wouldn't. Let me actually do it because I can't. Uh, let me say. Uh, <laughs> the rivalry going on right now between Ronaldo and Ibrahimovic in uh, Italy. What do you ask him? What, what do you have to say about that? I don't think I need to be specific about asking. I think you should understand what I mean already. What do you have to say about that rivalry? Yeah. Personally, I don't see it as a rivalry. I just see it as um, everybody knows Ibrahimovic is, has this ego about his game. No, um, we can't discredit who Ibrahimovic is, but definitely you you can't you, even as much as you would like to, you can't just put him in the same league as Ronaldo, because Ronaldo is is a different player entirely. I think he, I think Ronaldo and Messi now we just put them above every other footballer. And when we talk about Ronaldo and Messi <clears throat> and Messi, excuse me, we talk about everybody else the same way. So I think Zlatan is in the category of others. So because if you look at the the way Zlatan talks about is not stopping at 35 or not stopping after 30 when everybody thought it was it was over. Like you know when the age sets in, everybody says when you are 32, 33, that's when your football starts to die. So Zlatan says he gets stronger every day. But actually, in the real sense, Ronaldo represents that 
with with his numbers, even more than Zlatan can ever do. This is the player that scores averagely 20, uh, 25 goals every year. No matter how bad it is, he gets more than 25 goals every year. So it, I don't I don't think he's a rivalry. Zlatan just likes to bring his ego up to that level. But in the real sense of football, you can't you can't put them in the same place. So I don't I don't I never see it as a rivalry. I just see them as two good players doing their thing. And Ronaldo is definitely the the the, the one I heard every single time. So and I don't I don't feel into it at all at all. That's just what I say about it. The, the, you know the funny thing about this situation is that whether or not we see it as a rivalry, that man Zlatan sees it as a rivalry in every single way. Because uh, when the man actually came back to Serie A and got the number 21 jersey, and they asked him why, he said that that's really yeah. better than the player that he is. <laughs> that, that, that that, yeah. That's it just it, it, it makes his ego bring him up to a level that is not I I don't I don't know why but yeah you definitely want to have the, that kind of confidence that when you see Zlatan you would love to have his confidence and be like that but really it's not it's not three times better than Ronaldo so I don't think how I, I many I don't how I many is he has he been nominated for world best I don't I don't want to go into those discussions now let's just leave it. Well, personally, if you, if you ask me in terms of statistics, after uh, Messi and Ronaldo, I'll place Ibrahimovic there because this man is 39. Let's not forget the fact that this man is 39 years old now. And uh, he actually just even got his 500 uh, club goal recently also. So yeah. that's actually that's actually something. That's not something we can overlook. But in terms of rivalry also, see, mm, it's too late for Ibrahimovic to start the rivalry talks now because Generally speaking, at, at online, numbers have actually stayed as well. is the greatest player to ever play, kick the football. So, I think that's actually lost. Now, last one, you tell us this now. It's actually looking heated up and interesting in uh, Italy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, trying to, or looking like someone put Juve off the top uh, position and actually take the league. Do you think uh, AC Milan will succeed in their quest and winning this fifth trophy? Or do you think it's just... <laughs> well, personally, for me, I wouldn't say it's a lost cause and I won't say they've taken the trophy because they still have a long way to go. And one of the things I feel is pushing Milan is this particular man that we just talked about, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I mean, he's been in the team, I've, I mean, coming into the team has really changed their uh, mentality and their gameplay from the onset. I mean, well, you call it his ego. I just feel like his yes, it's his ego and his his confidence. I mean, it boosts it boosts it boosted Milan's confidence into this level. See uh, their match against Crotone uh, this weekend. I mean, if you watch the match, you see you see you you will have seen you see there that Zlatan is uh, has been a very crucial change to the team. For me personally, we can't we can't we can't see it. For me, I don't think we can see. Milan is going away with it because Inter is still following them closely at this point in time. But I feel this season will see a different uh, team leave the trophy apart from Juve. Okay, okay. So uh, I guess we can only wait and find out at this at this point because it's very yeah. difficult to predict those things. We actually thought Inter Milan would do it last season, but they couldn't. So who is to who is to say if Milan will or would not do it this season? So, uh, guys, uh, a week of uh, the FA Cup coming up and one fixture in focus, Manchester United versus West Ham. 
uh, who is winning, who is losing, who is going home, who is progressing. Okay. Um, I see Manchester United <laughs> going home. <laughs> Because based on yeah, I know why you're saying wow, but if you watch if you'd watch the way West Ham set up recently, there is this determination they have and a particular kind of gameplay they have. I'm I'm this person that I don't like to watch football from a different I, I like to watch football from a different angle. Yeah, United have the quality players to do it and they can nick a game for you, yes, definitely. But then you need you still need a game plan and there's just this determination you need to have that I don't see United having. So let's let's take this so-called title claim they were trying to run a few weeks ago. So they were trying to claim a title run and they had a game against Sheffield, 20, um, bottom of the league, and you could not get a win, you know. They couldn't win against Arsenal. You see the match against Everton too. So those kind of things, when you have, it, when you have, when you don't have, when it, it just shows how the mentality is in the squad and the determination is not there. So and Ole has this track record of not getting into finance. I just think it's better for them to just leave the competition already. So honestly, West Ham looks like they know what they are doing, and with Star United's defense, you just you just back anybody to to win win the game anytime. So yes, it's going to look tough. Because United will bring their strong guys. They have quality players all around the pitch. So it looks like they will run West Ham. But with the way West Ham are playing right now, they have, I think they have a good squad in them. And it's just, it's not just that easy a game. But I think I would go for West Ham going through. That would be the upset of FA Cup. Because every round, so I think that would be the upset. We only find out after the game. <laughs> because uh, you actually made, you made uh, valid points, actually. But then, yeah, definitely. I just personally believe that uh, that man Cavani and uh, Bruno Fernandes, those two men can actually be the deciders of that game. But uh, we only find out. How about you last gone? What do you feel? That. Well, personally for me, I feel the game will be a tough one. Obviously, I don't I don't see man just um, running riot in the game. I feel it to be tight. I can't say who will win because I mean Lingard is going to be playing against Mayu this game not to put that out, right? You know, you might want to uh do I don't know. But I just feel that game will Is it going to play? I don't think he's going to play. Uh well okay, I don't I don't think he'll play. okay, I don't think England they don't yeah, look yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't I don't feel I don't think when you be running the game just like that. I feel the West Ham will put up a fight and to be tight. I can't see West Ham or Man before be proceeding, but we never we never can tell. But a game I feel a game yeah. I feel will be uh, will be an upset. It's Brighton Leicester. I feel Brighton will win that will proceed on to the next round in that match. That's the game I feel will be an upset. And also I feel I see I see Wolves thumping Southampton. Oof. Well, well, Definitely, well. yeah. That looks that looks like it. But I think it's just like what I said. It's just like what I said. You you see when you mentioned Manchester United, you mentioned only Bruno and Cavani. Yeah. 
So I said it's quality, the quality players are the only people you can look up, look forward to. As a team, I don't think United would beat West Ham now. Well, I think generally, I don't know if I have, I, I don't know if too many people have this opinion too, but generally, I think Brighton play very nice game of football. So I don't think it would be an upset if they beat Leicester because they will actually deserve it with the way they play. Just like, they, they, I, don't, I didn't see the game against Liverpool as an upset. It, they deserved it, absolutely. So it would be harsh for you to call it an upset. Even yes, you you would say the big team yeah, mentality, exactly. but the on the on, on the game on, on the on the pitch, your your play should actually determine if you're a big team or not. So with the way they played, they deserved the win. So if Brighton would go into any game this season, I think they will actually deserve a win because they they actually played so very well, and you expect them to. So I don't think that would be an upset. But West Ham Wolves are not going to be quite sure because Wolves are in. And also in the bad run of form, they are not getting it. Atamti wants to respond, actually, with the way they played against, um, Le- um, at, was it Leicester? I don't think it was, was it wasn't Leicester. What did it, Atamti played well this weekend too, but they lost. They're getting too. Yeah, but so they, they really want to respond and most likely that, I think maybe that will be the game. And I'm not sure yet. Everton like sports it. match. That would be that would be a match to look out for. Because I mean, you know, the beginning of the season in uh, EPL, um, Everton turned the Southampton in a one goal game. So, and we came back for uh, Mourinho. Yeah. I feel like uh, that would be a match yeah. to watch out for. <laughs> no, I, I think uh, Mourinho sacrificed the eyes game. Open and we would find out. <laughs> Guys, uh, our time on the episode today is up, so I would like to actually appreciate you guys very much for coming around and for sharing your thoughts uh, concerning the events that unfolded during the weekend and the week so far. So, uh, uh, Akin, you have any words to say to the fans? Um, I just want them to... All I'll just say is I think there's a there's a particular perception about football now that I don't really right. I think the only about the the whole racism situation going around. I don't I don't think it's proper. It's not just right. So we need to speak up for it. Racism is not allowed. Not only in football, but all are all in every in every form and every way. Racism allowed. Like say, and I just wish well. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. How about uh, last one? Any any words for the fun? Well, it's still the same about the racism and the issue of the corona. You know, corona is not fully out yet, so make let everybody stay safe and keep them safe for you know any error not protecting ourselves mask up stay home have a wonderful day have a wonderful night everybody wherever you're listening from uh so it's uh <laughs> listen, listen to second song by Grimaldi listen Bar. to That's second very, song very classy uh very classy uh ep there you guys check that out 
Yeah. So uh yeah, you do. Once again, let me say thank yeah, you. Definitely. I appreciate your definitely. presence. Thank you. God bless you. Uh good night, good evening, good morning from wherever you are from Sport Zone. Have a wonderful time today. Thank you.